Have you ever noticed how a calm mind can really set the stage for a good night's sleep? That's the idea behind our new podcast, Good Sleep. Greg, our host from Optimal Relationships Daily, is here to help ease you into a peaceful night's rest with some positive affirmations. And these affirmations aren't just comforting. They can help ease anxiety and nurture positive thoughts, setting you up for true good sleep. So press play on good sleep tonight because a good tomorrow starts with a good night's sleep. Just search for good sleep in your podcast app and be sure to pick the one from Optimal Living Daily. This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 1602, Six Secrets of a Credit Score by Jay Money of BudgetsAreSexy.com. And I'm your host and personal finance enthusiast, Diana Merriam. This is the show where I serenade you with the sweet sounds of personal finance knowledge from some of the best blogs on the planet, with the author's permission, of course. And with that, let's get right to today's post and start optimizing your life. Six Secrets of a Credit Score by Jay Money of BudgetsAreSexy.com. It's been a while since I've talked about credit scores, mainly because they kind of bore me. But they really are important to keep in mind, especially if you'll be buying a car or a home soon. Whether we like it or not, our entire credit history will show up and be used to determine what our interest rates will be when we go to finance. Of course, if you were really a pimp, you'd just pay all in cash, but we all know that's realistically pretty hard to do. So if you've ever wondered what exactly makes up these credit scores, listen on, my friends. The explanations of these breakdowns were forwarded over by a good PR friend of mine and longtime reader, Aaron, and come from a new site out there called zendo.com. And of course, I sprinkle on my own thoughts at the end of each. The six secrets of a credit score. Number one, payment history. A history of late payments, even by a few days, can be potentially hurtful. Payments received beyond 30 days of the due date are considered late. When lenders report credit data to credit bureaus, they typically lump payments that are late one day in with those that are late 59 days. Me, another reason to have a lot of this stuff automated or at least paid manually as soon as you open up a bill. Follow my look at bill, pay bill, forget about bill method if it helps. Number two, credit balances. Similar to the utilization issue, credit balances current and past provide insight into issues of financial liquidity and prudent borrowing. Historically, maintaining high balances on key credit accounts will likely have a negative impact on a score. Me, which is why having a high credit line, even if you're not going to touch a dime of it, can be important. Owing $1,000 on a $5,000 line looks a lot different than $1,000 owed on a $50,000 credit line, you see? Now, if you get yourself into trouble by having a higher limit, then obviously don't even think about it. But if you can control yourself, then it might be worth the quick three-minute phone call just to ask to have it raised. It really is that easy sometimes. Number three, recent credit. A consumer that opens a number of credit accounts in a narrow time frame may be interpreted as experiencing cash flow problems, particularly if utilization of his or her previously existing available credit is very high. In addition, a large number of credit inquiries in a short time frame may also lower a score. However, multiple inquiries for a mortgage or auto loan 
will be counted as only one inquiry each, enabling consumers to shop for favorable rates without fear of lowering their score. Me. I don't really know much about this one. I just open up credit cards and run credit reports for free when I need them. Unless you're always trying to get into something, you should be fine. Probably best not to play open one card to pay off another. Eventually, you'll slip up and get slammed with God knows what. Number four, utilization. Having access to credit is one consideration, and how much of that has been tapped into is another. An individual who has maxed out his or her credit cards and other lines of credit may not be able to obtain additional credit or credit at the best possible terms. The lack of liquidity will deem these consumers high risk in the eyes of lenders. Me, falls under the same sort of thing as number two's credit balances scenario. Being maxed out doesn't do anything good for you. Number five, depth of credit. Having a strong, long history of prudent credit usage is ideal under any credit scoring model. But as important as it is to have long-term credit relationships, a diverse mix of credit accounts is also beneficial. Me, which is why it can be important to hold onto at least one credit card or line of credit for a long period of time, even if you never tap it, or better yet, just tap it once every couple of months or so just to keep it active. I've kept my original card from way back as a freshman in college, since 1997. I've only really been using it the last few years, but it's helping keep my score high as it shows my entire history, including the times when I was late and didn't care back in college. Oops. And this is also why you hear people say to open up a card or two even if you're not going to use it ever. It helps build history. Mrs. Budgets Are Sexy had zero history when we bought our house and was advised to open up a card and make a quick purchase and then pay it right off to start having a base. We also opened our house accounts under both our names to help establish even more of a history. But again, you only do this if you can control yourselves. Number six, available credit. Maintaining low balances on credit cards and open lines of credit will be a positive factor in generating a score. The typical benchmark is to keep these balances at or below 30% of the total available credit. Me, basically the same thing I've already commented on twice now. I guess the credit score companies break it all down differently. I hope this makes sense to you all. It may seem like a lot to grasp at first, but once you do, you get to hold on to it forever, or at least until the industry changes things up. Either way, I hope it'll be another year until I talk about it again. You just listened to the post titled Six Secrets of a Credit Score by Jay Money of BudgetsAreSexy.com. It's no secret that something always comes up when you're running a small business. It's time to take the pain out of payroll benefits and HR and put the joy back in running your business with Gusto. Gusto's payroll and HR services can make it a little easier. Gusto was designed for you, the small business owner. They take the pain out of running a business automatically calculating paychecks, filing payroll taxes, setting up open enrollment. Gusto does it all. Want more? Time tracking, health insurance, 401k, onboarding, commuter benefits, offer letters, access to HR experts. You get the idea. With Gusto, you can focus on the joy of running your business. It's super easy to set up and get started. And if you're moving from another provider, Gusto can transfer all your data for you. It's no surprise 94% of customers are likely to recommend Gusto. 94. 
Here's the best part. Because you're a listener, you get three months totally free. All you have to do is go to gusto.com slash OFD. Again, that's gusto.com slash OFD. I'm telling you, you're gonna love Gusto. Get started today. I have to say that while I have a high credit score, it's never been something that I've been really focused on. I see it as the natural result of good financial habits that benefited me when I bought my house a couple years ago. I also think it's important to remember that a credit score isn't really a good indicator of your financial health. It's simply an indicator of your ability to pay back the money you borrow. I used to think that having a high credit score meant that I was doing well financially, but you could be drowning in debt with a fantastic credit score if you make payments on time and have a low utilization of your overall available credit. A much better number to focus on is your net worth. I've been able to maintain a high credit score by putting most of my spending on credit cards and then paying them in full each month. But my reason for doing this isn't really for the credit score. It's more for the convenience and to get the credit card points. When it comes to your credit score, there is a point of diminishing returns. To qualify for the best rewards credit cards, a home mortgage with the lowest interest rates or personal loans with the best terms, you usually need a solid job history and income a record of responsible credit use, and a FICO score of 720 or above. So while my 820 score might feel good, it's really not getting me that much more favorable terms. That'll do it for today and another installment of Optimal Finance Daily. Have a happy Thursday. Thank you for being here every day and listening. And I'll see you on the Friday show tomorrow, where your optimal life awaits.